Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Magnolia Beef and Seminary has top quality beef products that are raised right here in Mississippi. They also have fantastic gifts for every age. For the best beef in Mississippi and so much more, visit Magnolia Beef and Seminary or find us on Facebook. This is Rebecca Turner and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to you're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We are actually joined by Will in studio today. Howdy, Will. Hello. You doing well? I am doing well. No complaints? Not yet. I want to go ahead and let you know our guest did not bring in any snakes for you today. Uh, well, it said here, forged in fire. Yes, which what, where all snakes should snakes? go. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, with <laughs> our I was promised swords and knives and tomahawks, <laughs> not copperheads or king snakes or what have you. Well, we know how much your affection is for snakes. And so I just wanted to make sure if he had the opportunity, because he was a part of the, the ninth annual snake rodeo roundup, I think it's what are there at Lake Washington in a couple weeks, past weeks. I didn't know if he put one in his pocket to bring here just for you, Will. No, I left him at home. You left him at home. Yeah. And that, that guy being Mr. Brian Luckney Easterling, he is not here to talk about snakes. It's just fun to pick on Will, who's in the studio for Rhino today. But he won the History's Channel Forged in Fire competition for Season 7, Episode 37, and he makes custom knives of all crazy kind from repurposed repurposed steel so snakes just something you do i assume on the side so welcome brian thank you it's good to be here all right let's let's first go with the forged in fire because that's pretty cool that you came away the champion in that popular show there on the history channel how did that even come about for you to be a competitor there i got an email one saturday in june of 2019 from the casting company telling me that they had uh, kind of been following me on, I guess, social media and wanted to know if I would be interested in applying for the show because I, otherwise I'd never really thought about doing it. So that's that's how it started, an email from them. So that means they had to at least seen, because I would never get an email from Forged Empire to say, <laughs> would you like to be a part? Just yeah. a random drawing, uh, you know, look of the draw there. Um, yeah, me and Fire don't mix well. So they had to have gotten word somewhere that brian from eyes mississippi is up to some good with creating creating things so where would they have scouted you brian social media facebook instagram i mean at daily posting pictures of what i'm building what i'm working on uh i like to try to break them before i send them off so I, i i video testing the blades and so I'm just assuming that's where it was from, social media. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, so you got the email, and you, you believed it? You knew it was true? Not at first. Uh, yeah, you know, you get spam calls, spam emails, text daily. And uh, when I when I opened it up, I said, okay. And I put my phone back in my pocket, and I waited till my wife got home and let her look at it because I was 
there's no way this is real at all. It can't be. So, And when you found out it was, which we've had several other Mississippians to be featured on Forged in Fire. Yes. So my first call would be to some of them and be like, did you get an email? Is this real? Yeah. Or email them um, sort of back. But it was real. And so you mm-hmm. did get the chance to go. So so where where did you go? Where Where is it shot? It's uh, it's filmed in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, you know, it's uh, I always thought New York. Um, it used to be filmed in New York. I was kind of surprised that it wasn't still. That's how much I kept up with the show. So yeah, we flew to uh, Stanford, Connecticut, to do the filming of you know we went for round one and two to begin with. So because they put you through a little bit of a tester, right, to make sure that you're for for lack of better term TV worthy. Would that be fair, or to sort of see if you can hang on real TV or all the phases on TV? No, everything's on TV from you know after after the initial contact when they uh, you know they contacted me, we went through the, the application process, uh, background checks, all that kind of good stuff. Months went by. I got another email saying that I was accepted, and they'd give me a film date. I got the film date and a plane ticket, and when when I got there, we went to filming. Everything was based on what they had seen, I guess, through Internet and social media, yeah. and then through the application and interview processes that we went through. So I guess I'm more up on, like, food competition shows, which is sad, <laughs> but true. But normally you're just thrown in there with competitors that are probably equally yoked to you and your skill. And then you get, you know, these surprise um, ingredients and you have to create a meal out of it. Is yeah. that, like, similar in terms of, hey, here's some steel. We need a X, Y, and Z type of sharp thing from it mm-hmm. and get after it. It's it's really similar. Um I won't hold me, you know, to this because I'm not 100 sure. But my understanding is is that the forged in fire was actually, you know, born out of the thought process of like the Food Network's yeah. Chopped. You know, uh-huh. it's it's four competitors, three rounds, one goes home. You know, it's the same process. But yeah, it, it's the you you get there and and you don't know what you're going to do until the camera starts rolling and that's when they hit you with the surprise of whatever you have to do. Well, it tickles me, Brian, that you got an email out of nowhere, your words, for mm-hmm. Forged in Fire, to a show you really hadn't kept up with. You, you've heard of it, but you weren't like a dedicated watcher of right. it. So did you go binge episodes or seasons of it, or did you just go in blind and just ready to take on whatever came your way? Um, being in the knife community for as long as I have, um, and with the wonders of social media, uh, internet, I've I've gained a lot of friends in the community, and a lot of those people, uh, several of which I know from here in Mississippi, uh, have been on the show. And so I searched up their episodes, and you know, folks that I knew, um, just to get an idea. Um, but. You no. really can't. You can only prepare so much. Yes, that's you right. You can't really, other than your wife getting out, you know, in there and hollering at you and making you <laughs> make something quick on time. It's about the only way you could run yourself through, you know, yeah. what you think it may it may be like. So since you really, and I think also that's a fun way of going into something like Forged in Fire with no expectations of what it should be like because then it's just what it is. You mm-hmm. just enjoy the moment and you just roll with it and you take whatever comes your way. So in that first round, what, what came your way? <laughs> they uh, 
they made us build a key. A key. Did it have to unlock something? It had to unlock a lock that um, there were four boxes, four um, locked boxes containing four different types of steel. And whoever was lucky enough to get their key built first to make their lock open could get their choice of the steel. Had you ever made a key before? No. No, no I even in the show I made reference to the fact that I'm a knife maker, not a key maker. Uh, that key whooped my tail. Um Really bad. I mean, I, I by the well, grace you had of, to survive. Yes. So did you? You didn't win that. Did you win that round? Well, th- there's. It's just like the Food Network, okay. the child. Okay, you got those four who were competing. Well, three of those met the parameters, and and, and one did not. So I survived. You I didn't. I did not win round one. Do you still have that? Mangled tea? Uh, no, key? no they, that's that's property of the show. That's uh, not fair. If it's not functional, they should <laughs> let you hang on to it. It's functional. It opened that lock. Oh, it did? Yeah. It took uh, an hour and a half to get it built. Um, but How long do they give you to complete your task? In round one, you have three hours. Oh, well, so that is that is a considerable more amount of time. I'm assuming that the skill sets are different. The requirements of the skill is different than cooking because usually with the mm-hmm. cooking they only give you maybe sixty minutes, but right. but I guess it takes more time for yes. you guys to be able to complete a task. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a, it's a longer drawn out process than your average person realizes because we're so used to going to Walmart and buying. Well, you just take your yeah. key in there and you say, "I need a replication," mm-hmm. and they just go and stamp it or something, yep. and then and you know hand it back to you. Yep. But it's, to think that this was primitive way of doing things, mm-hmm. uh, could you imagine if you had to go into somewhere to get a, a second key for your house and go through <laughs> the same no. processes that you I had would, to? I would re- I would just pull the door down with my truck and buy a new door. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just Which no way around that. It's what I would do. probably not a bad idea to have those skills up your sleeves, too, in cert- certain scenarios. Okay, yeah. so you survived round one, mm-hmm. and, and we already know the end of it, that you walked away as champion. But what was that like going into round two? I mean, did you even go into this thinking, I mean, that you might could win it or because you were so detached from the show and some of it itself did you just go in kind of thinking ah whatever happens happens that's really what i was thinking you know i'm of course i went in hoping that i would do well but you gotta think about it i'm i'm from mize mississippi and you know the town's not as big as this building we're sitting in and i never would have thought that i would wind up there so you know just being there was but then you, you make it by the skin of your teeth through the first round. The second round, there's got to be a little more pressure to say, I think I might oh, can yeah. hang in here and do this. And we're going to hang with Brian Easterling. He is the Forged in Fire champion of Season 7, Episode 37 from Mize, Mississippi. we got more with him coming up next. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget today is a good day to plan your very own one-of-a-kind Mississippi trip. And you can do that over at visitmississippi.org. We're continuing to visit with Brian Easterling. He is from Mize, Mississippi. He won the History's Channel Forged in Fire competition, Season 7, Episode 37. When was that, Brian? Uh, October of 2019 is when I flew up for Round 1 and 2. And... uh, we, they flew home immediately following that, and we filmed round three, uh, the building stage. And I flew back to Connecticut November, the 1st of November. And uh, we actually filmed the finale, testing the weapons and all that. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So, okay, so we ended with your round one. There's three rounds, four competitors. You're now down to three competitors, two rounds. You made a key that did unlock a door. Mm-hmm. Um, what came next? Well, and you know, through round one, we you know built a key, opened the box, got my steel, and I built a knife in an hour and a half. Uh, and then round two is when you correct any problems that the judges pointed out to you, all that kind of good stuff, and you have to attach a handle, which presented the next big box of mystery surprises and all in itself because I <laughs> what they wanted us to do I'd never even heard of Google had not heard of it you know so well, what was the term for it it was a um a key hole guard or a key slot guard and well uh, that was going to be one of my questions for you anyway Brian is I get making the beautiful knife in itself or making the you know I guess the end piece but then it's a whole other level of artistry looking through your social media feed earlier and seeing the beautiful handles and the ways mm-hmm. that you you know you, you stick it in something to sort of be able to use do you, I mean is that something you learned when you learned how to start making knives was also the handle piece or is that did that come later it's it's all kind of a learned process uh because i guess you have to have it in something to be able to use it yes uh you do and and honestly handles is one of the hardest parts of a knife build in my opinion because you know everyone has a, a a you know different way of wanting things to fit and feel in their hands everyone's hands is bigger or smaller no one's is the same you know so when you're trying to do something for someone you've never met who's six states away you know that's handles is one of the hardest parts to me you know always has been well that was a hard part to round two for you Mm -hmm. did you get the sense that your other two competitors that were left still felt like oh wow what what is this did did, was there a consensus that maybe that was a curveball that they threw you yeah it, it was for all all three of us um you know we we all stayed in the same hotel and we were able to see each other and speak and all that kind of stuff and and we all you know like you ever heard of this nope have you not a clue so everybody was on the same page as far as you know their knowledge or lack thereof of what they had us doing for day two you know for the handle build so we were all kind of on level playing field right there you know and so you obviously came out at least on the top two did you win that particular challenge well like uh, like i said again it's it's just just like the so other no, there is no there's not a winner of no. the round there's just there's a not a winner there's just one of those three that did not meet you know the parameters exactly as they needed to be in order to you know progress so now it's the third just round. two of you yeah and the great thing is the two of us that were left um were 
both Mississippi guys. Really? Yeah. Who was your partner? Doc Schiffer. Uh, he's a phenomenal knife maker. Uh, he's a great guy. And uh, what part of the state um, is he from? He's down around Leakesville. Yep. He's uh, you know really great blades. What are the with. odds? I know, really. And uh, so um, it was pretty cool, you know. Uh, he, and and so I'm at, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm really lucky, and I'm going to be cool with losing to this guy because he's such a great guy and i was you know his work is phenomenal and i was like i'm okay with coming in second to him that's great it feels like the knife community or the forging community if that's a fair way of saying it is a small community and you guys all and gals Mm -hmm. root each other on it feels like such a um hospitable hobby very much it very much is Uh, there's um I i mean i've been doing this in this community for a long time and I can honestly count on one hand with fingers left over the number of people that are just really arrogant, rude, and you don't want to be associated with. That's, and that's that's very few people. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's it's really a great bunch of folks that that make up this community that I'm lucky to be a part of. So you're part of an even smaller percentage of that who can call themselves Forged and Fire Champion because you did yes, come right. out over the the one in there uh, in leagues. Sorry, guys, but hey, yeah. glad two Mississippians were there right. um, at the end. But that's the weapons one, so that's cool. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of we- go? Did you go in knowing what kind of weapon you'd have to make at the end of round two? They, you know, when the two that are remaining. Um, before they send you home, that's when they reveal what you're going to be making when you know when you get you home, when you get to your shop. So yeah, I knew what I was making prior to even leaving for the airport the next morning. What and, was it? Uh, tomahawk and a Bowie, a Bowie knife. What's a Bowie knife? Bowie knife. Now what a tomahawk is? Bowie knife is a uh, it's a big knife. It's uh you know made famous by Jim Bowie. Uh, Everybody always thinks that he built the knife, but actually his brother was the one who built the first Bowie knife. Um, it's just a big knife for um, from the frontier days for hunting. Say, in what scenario would you would you like? I need a Bowie knife. It doesn't it, sound like something. Snakes. <laughs> no, no, we don't kill snakes with knives, or at least I don't. Uh, no, Bowie you knives. Get close are, to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bowie knives were great uh, when they were. You know, first brought about for just about everything. They were frontiermen. You know, they used them to uh, fight off uh, Indians and uh, other people, whatever else they needed them for. They make great camp knives. You know, they're they're big, they're heavy. They're had you ever made one before? Oh yeah, I'd made plenty of Bowie knives. What about tomahawks? I'd never made a tomahawk. So that was the one you were a little bit more worried with. Yeah, that was one that I had. Are there patterns for tomahawks on Google? I mean, can you? Uh, you can you just YouTube it. You know, you can watch videos on how to do it. So, so are you flying back to Connecticut from Mize, Mississippi, with these primitive weapons in like your carry-on bag? Because I'm assuming uh, that's not happening. No, like at the end of uh, at the end of day four, when uh, filming was completed, and uh, they had taken their pictures and documented uh, all the parameters were met and all that, I had to. Uh, Locked the weapons up in a in a box, and they carried them with them, and they shipped them to Stanford uh, through FedEx. So I didn't I didn't have any weapons on me at any time. To, so the end piece to it, Brian, is the fact that they test them. Now that's yes. the fun part. Do oh, you yeah. get to test them, or no do way. people like me get to come out and throw a tomahawk and test it? The judges themselves well, do the testing. Well, that's not fair. They get well, all the fun. <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty cool to have 
random strangers come up and test your blade. So how I mean, do they test them? Oh, they put them through Almighty. You know, it's things that the average person that I build a knife for are not going to do with their blades. I mean, and, and it's, it is what it is. It's a competition. At the end of it, somebody's walking away with $10,000 in bragging rights, I guess you could say. So they want to do all they can to try to destroy those blades, you know, just to make sure that they are what they are. And As know. the knife maker, are you watching it going, oh, no, don't <laughs> yes. do that. Do you know how many hours I put into that tomahawk? Yeah, yeah, you definitely, be. definitely. Yeah, and then, like, hold your breath, like, <gasps> Yes. Come on, Tommy. Come on, Tommy. Hold it up. Hold it up. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's it's tense the entire time. Okay, sure. and then your name's called out. Like, it's you, Brian Easterling, one, forged in fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's that feeling like? Shock, surprise, uh, joy, and, and you know, just really complete disbelief. I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe that I had made it there to, pro, you know, progress that far and then to come out on top and as the winner you know it was it was pretty unbelievable now but prior to that had you been um, building knives for for a living or did that catapult you into an opportunity to do it full-time as a living i wouldn't say that it was a living no um it was a hobby that about six years prior started turning into a hobby that was paying for itself a little bit and uh and, and I already had, you know, future goals of, you know, doing this full time in the near future. Whether it's selling them workshops, yeah. mm-hmm. being able to print, you know, help yeah. people, that kind of thing. And, you know, so I went from being busy um, after the show, being extremely busy enough that that yeah, I'm full time with it. Which is a blessing, I know. Well, we're going to we're gonna step back before Forged in Fire and find out how Brian got into building knives and more coming up next. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi has so many good places for you and your family to eat, stay, and play. So go to visitmississippi.org to explore a little more. And as you know, our friend J.T. Williamson is undergoing treatments for cancer because there is a severe shortage of blood platelets across Mississippi. 
There is a desperate need right now for people like you and me to donate blood and platelets to help cancer patients like our friend JT and many others. So if you have the time and it it moves you, then go to msblood.com or call 888-90-BLOOD and find a place to donate. And you can actually list that you are donating it for JT Williamson. It has to be a Mississippi Blood Services uh, location for JT to sort of see your name and that you know you took the time to do that so so many have reached out want to know where they can send cards or well wishes well this is the best way to get a message across to jt that you are thinking and praying for him and doing all that you can so i know it would mean a lot to to him if you could take the time um, to do that Uh, but we're getting to know brian easterling a little more here on good things he is a forged and fire champion that's the popular show on the history channel and he now has that title with so many others from, or at least competitor, out of the state in Mississippi. And it's where it's curious to me because it feels like this show has really brought back to life the skill. Of, is it forging? Is that how you yeah. say it? Forging? Mm-hmm. And then it's opened it up to maybe a whole new generation. But you were doing it before it was cool <laughs> again. Yeah. So yeah. when's the first time you were introduced to forging something in fire? Uh. Yeah, I guess I was in my early 20s the first time I, you know, dabbled with actually forging a knife. Um, so Who introduced you to it? Myself. I, you I, just saw fire and said, yeah, me yeah. fire, build knife? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah kind of, you know, ancestry, I guess, I don't know. Uh, I, I'd been dabbling with it since I, I made my first knife at 14 in ag class in Mize. You know, you'd probably go to you know to jail for doing that today in class you know but so i've been dabbling with it doing what you call stock removal for a long time and uh but yeah i was in my my early 20s the first time i dabbled with actually forging out a knife with an anvil and a forge and you know hammers did you just get addicted to it yeah in a good way in a good way yeah it it, it, it's very addictive, you know. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, it, they'll ask, uh, what, what do I need to do to get started? And, you know, I, I tell them, and I tell them to, what you need to make sure you don't have an addictive personality because you, if you do, you know, not that it's a bad thing, yeah. but, you know, you could lose touch with your wife or your kids. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah, it's very addictive. It's... uh because there's probably always something new to learn or to do a little bit better or different techniques oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and sort of skills. Yeah. I know one of your – it's Lucky Town Customs, yes, correct? Right. And that's your middle name. Or Lucky is my middle name, yes. Well, that's cool. Um, and so you do sawmill blades, and then you also, though, do it from repurposed steel. So what does mm-hmm. that mean? Like you don't just go out and buy new steel. Can people bring you yeah. – I mean, you may. But what does yeah. that mean by – I know what repurpose means, but yeah. I never thought about repurposing it in to something sharp and shiny. Yeah, I mean, um, re- recycling steel, you know, uh, leaf springs, coal springs, um, it, it presents a, a, a different set of challenges when you're using steel that was, you know, something in a previous life, you know, because you have you have all the stresses and, and problems that cause that piece of steel from whatever it was to be discarded so um yeah when you're able to take something and and create something else with it you know 
rather than just getting bar stock that you can buy. And and I do that. I'm, I do that. Uh, I use new steel a lot. Um, it, it's just a little more gratifying to me um, because there are certain challenges that you've got to overcome when you're working with something that's old. Well, and if someone commissions you for a piece and they bring you a sentimental piece of steel mm-hmm. that's, you know, no longer being used, and then you mm-hmm. turn it into something cool, I mean, there's yeah. that whole story element to right. to a, to an heirloom now. Exactly. And I, and I, I get that a lot. Uh, you know, horseshoe rasps and uh, all kind of different things like that. Just, you know, this was my granddaddy was a farrier. This was a rasp that I found in his shop, you know, and I'd love to have a knife built out of it when we can do that, you know. Was it kind of the same, Brian, I'm thinking in my mind, like where you can take jewelry, like gold, so real, you know, good jewelry, and you can basically melt it down, and then you can make whatever you want to, you know, out of it. Is that similar to it, or is it a little bit harder to take something that's in a completely different form and then make it a knife? Well, I guess what would make it harder is your skill set, I guess, and, you know, your ability, the knowledge you have in doing it. You but know. are you still melting it down into a mold, or is it no, different you, than that? Are no, you beating it into yeah, a knife? <laughs> yeah, you don't melt it, you know. Um, I don't have a forge big enough for that, or they'll get hot enough to melt steel. Um, you just get it up to I guess to that a, would be pretty hot, huh? Yeah. Uh, about 2,500 degrees is what my forge will burn, which is nowhere near the melting point of steel. Um, so you're just getting it hot enough that you can, you know, hit it and move it into what you want it to be. So just about anybody can, um, it, but it is, it's it's a learned skill that takes time to to sure. figure it out. If Brian Easterling had a signature creation, what would be like, what would you say you feel like, I'm good at this? Well, not because of Forge and Fire. Um, one, I, I love building buoys uh, and different variances of a buoy knife. That's something I really like. And uh, I can't tell you how many... Um, what the old old timer shrade looking sharp finger i kind of have my take on that blade and i sell a lot of those um so that's one of my go-to i'm i think i'm pretty good at it that one particular style so is there one that you still or what are you still trying to learn oh, i'm still i I'm, know you're still learning all the time yes, but like yes. what's have you what's a knife or an axe or a weapon or something that you're like huh i haven't done that yet well i haven't done uh i haven't done any swords um i haven't had any requests to and uh probably should just for the sake of doing it uh the one thing that I find myself more often now trying to better myself at is Damascus, you know, um, forge welding steel, you know, multiple pieces of steel together to make one piece. That's uh, that's something other that I'm really new at um, and really trying to hone that skill a little bit better. Assuming they're not listening, what's the strangest thing you've been commissioned to make? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It's not a mace. Uh, but it's really medieval. It had, you know, it's a handle with a chain and a spike ball. No way! Yeah, I made one of those. Like, you made the whole thing? Or yeah. you, like, from top to bottom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would think a chain would be the hard... Was, was that a hard part to not, get them? No, not not too much. You just, you know... You, you, Did you test it out? Oh, yeah. 
Yep. My, um, what do you swing it at? Well, I had a piece of plywood, and also uh, energy may not want to hear this, but <laughs> my my transformer pole in, in, in my yard, uh, I, I attacked you, it a little bit. Did you ask why, what was behind the request? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I know the guy, and he's just... Because that uh, sounds like Dateline things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Because if you wind up you know, Friday night seeing... <laughs> he, he's a, he's just a collector. He likes to collect. I've, he's a... Uh, He's really, I guess, into medieval medieval type weaponry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've made him several different, uh, like Viking axes. That uh, I know. noticed on your Facebook page, Brian, you have the what's the axe? It's like the two medieval looking axes on the either side. Like it's uh, mm-hmm. what, they, what were they called? I call them a, a Viking battle axe. Yeah, um, those look I'm, gnarly. Yeah, yeah, that's those are pretty cool. So, uh, do you ever make the little throwing knives? Yeah, you know, I've, other than um, having folks tell me that they've thrown some of the knives and and the buoy that was made for Forge and Fire, they threw it in the competition. I've never actually made what you consider an actual throwing knife. I've not made any. Well, that's getting po- gaining popularity with all of these axe throwing mm-hmm. places that are that are popping up yes. now. People are wanting. Those, it's kind of like cornhole for your backyard, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit more dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A little bit more dangerous, but you can you can actually get a primitive weapon um, or knife weapon one there, and you can throw like the little ninja knives and mm-hmm. stars and do all of that. Right. So, I mean, there's so many different avenues now that are just opening people up to hobbies and unique things that right. they never thought. Which I know, if you are interested in forging, that you do. Brian does a lot of workshops and teaches mm-hmm. too. So we'll dive into that more coming up next here on Good Things. This show was previously recorded. This show was previously recorded. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. delay in planning your Mississippi getaway, you can do it all over at visitmississippi.org. And we are wrapping up our conversation with Brian Easterling. He's got Lucky Town Custom, where he can make custom knives of all crazy kinds and weapons um, from repurposed steel or really to fit your to fit your needs. He's also the Forged in Fire champion from Season 7, Episode 37 from the History Channel. And you're passing on all your knowledge in workshops in a lot of different ways. I mean, yeah. I guess that's how they found you to begin with, Brian, is you just sort of showing your skills online. Now you've sort of packaged that into opportunities for others. So what's that like? It's it's really cool. Um, you know, to, to be able to pass along it, the knowledge that you have to others, 
especially in a craft such as this that at one time prior to forging fire was not really known and and now that it is um you know it, it's opened the door up for not only myself but bladesmiths uh you know throughout the country around the world it's uh, it's pretty neat uh I've I've met a lot of cool people in in some of the classes that I've done, um, people from other countries. Um, so it's 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 really cool and something that I never would have dreamed I'd have been doing. You know. So what are tell us about some of your workshops? I mean, do you travel Mississippi and host them? Can someone have you come to their event or you know get a gang together and get you somewhere or come to you? Like, how do they get a Brian Easterling workshop? workshop? Well, um, I, I'm set up to travel. You know, I'm, I'm mobile, I guess you could say. But um, and, and that's I, I love doing that. But as as any craftsman, regardless of what it is, would tell you, um, one can get a much better experience. Uh, you know, get the full experience of what you know goes into what I do on a daily basis at my shop. You know, with all the tools that I can't throw in the back of my pickup and 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 traveled abroad with you know um but yeah classes um events whatever you know i can set up do you know demonstrations what have you but um it's just uh whatever anybody might want you know i noticed where you've opened your um shop up to various organizations that have a cause i saw where wounded warriors of mississippi yes. came out to your shop and mm-hmm. got the opportunity to bang some yes. i guess some steel mm-hmm. so what does it mean to you and you've also connected yourself with uh get her Dunn's, the snake rodeo yeah. which they um they raised money here recently for for an officer but then also always connect themselves to a good cause as well what does it mean for you to give back that's what we're here for right i mean i love making money but i love helping people i mean uh it's one of the most important things that we can do because it's just like i said in a post the other day on uh, facebook one day it might be myself that's needing help and i'd like to think that somebody somewhere might remember that you know that old boy he he helped somebody he helped me so i'm gonna help him and and that's what it's all about that's what that's what we're supposed to do i think you know help people and even if it's helping them you know like the wounded warriors in mississippi just be able to escape and Mm -hmm. find a new outlet or learn something new or to introduce just a regular old person to a completely new skill because I w- I've never done it, but I, and I would be terrified. But I would think something that takes all of your senses and takes your thumbs away from your phone mm-hmm. and requires your full, undivided attention could be very cathartic yes. for even if you just come out with a Willy Wonka looking <laughs> <laughs> piece of piece of steel or whatever that's yeah. not functional. I mean, but today art in the eye of beholder that's right it's true so and ladies are getting into it as well absolutely uh my episode um there was a lady that i was competing against in in my episode and up until the end of the second round um i was kind of scared that she was going to be sending me home and as a matter of fact uh just here recently she was called back um for a redemption 
type of um, tournament and wound up winning. She says she won out of eight bladesmiths. She walked away the champion of that redemption uh, tournament, which is pretty awesome. So, yeah, I mean, there's um, there's no limits, you know. Um, you're only limited by what you want to do, I guess, you know, um, and sure, which just you, makes it so great to me. Absolutely. And if you're interested in foraging, they can find you online. Or if they're interested in, in you and commissioning you for a piece, they can also find you online. So where do we find you, Brian? You can find me, of course, at um, Facebook. Brian Lucky Eastern is my personal page. Or you can Lucky Town Customs. Um, I also have a website. Um LuckyTownCustoms.com Email is BLE6161 at gmail.com uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and you know, I'm newly to uh, you know on TikTok. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> listens to Good Thing has TikTok. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Including me, but stick with this. You got more coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. We'll be back tomorrow at 2. Until then, find time for the good things. This show was previously recorded. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.